0: This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Today's episode is brought to you by Lease Pilot. Lease Pilot is a partner of ours at DLC, and they provide innovative solutions to help us close commercial leases faster. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today I'm joined by Dan Neiman, Vice President of Leasing at DLC. I'm excited! Be, I'm excited to be here. Welcome to the show, Dan.
1: Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me,
0: Dan. So we're gonna talk about a bunch of fun stuff. Some that we've talked about, and some I've got some trick questions for you. And then uh, we'll go from there. But first, why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about who you are? And uh, yeah start that
1: yeah my name's uh, dan Neiman. i live in charlotte north carolina started as a leasing rep at dlc management in our atlanta office about five and a half years ago uh and now i'm a vice president of leasing handle roughly five million square feet square feet across the southeast and midwest and what i would call a player coach role some of the assets i handle individually others i oversee an associate who runs the day-to-day leasing efforts and uh, i'm in chicago Uh, Northwest Indiana, Arkansas, North Carolina, Florida, Georgia. Um, So I've been able to grow within DLC and I've had an opportunity to work for and with some of the brightest minds in our industry, Um, you know, but you didn't make it easy on me. I had to put forth a lot of effort just to convince you to hire me. So figured I'd throw that out there.
0: So so I'm staring at a boat on my desk that I actually... (laughs) cherish so i think it's a good place to start why don't you tell everyone how there's a boat on my desk let me show everybody this hold on
1: yeah give them a taste
0: <laughs> this is the uh, boat everybody this is from uh, Candyman. go ahead
1: man. yeah yeah so uh i started in acquisitions in atlanta at rcg ventures i was looking at uh you know around at a lot of the leaders of our organizations and, and those that are or our organization, and those that I had exposure to, a lot of those individuals had leasing experience. So I decided I wanted to get a, a holistic education of retail real estate um, to get it. So I wanted to get into leasing and then um, likely uh, work my way back to acquisitions. So I ended up moving to Charleston, South Carolina um, in a leasing role, a great group out there. And, and one of my good friends at the time, I uh, was working for you at DLC. Um, and through various conversations, he kept talking about DLC and Chris Russell and how much he was learning. And uh, a lot of which was on at, at 6.30 or, or 7 a.m. weekly calls. Uh, uh, and I still have a standing call with you at 7.30 a.m. So um, uh, just FYI. But uh, at some point, I think he mentioned me to you uh, and you sent me a LinkedIn message asking if I liked leasing, And if I wanted to stay in it, and I think I responded with, I like it, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, And then fast forward a few weeks, um, and I was finally ready to pursue a role at DLC. So I filled out an application. I took the PI test, spoke to Jillian, who's the head of people at DLC, but you wouldn't set an interview. Uh, I think through the grapevine, I had heard that you didn't want anyone who wasn't committed to leasing. Uh, so at that point I wasn't really sure how I was going to get an interview with you. Um, I was on the road for work, actually, and I think I was, I was actually working out, um, at the end of the day. And I, I like history, um, and, and I don't know how, or why this popped into my head, but I remember the story of Hernan Cortez in the 1500s burning his boats when they landed on shore. Um, right. So either they won or they, or they died. And I left the gym, um. Went straight to Hobby Lobby. I found a large boat with these big sails that, that you just showed. Uh, bought a lighter, went back to the, to the Marriott, uh, snuck around into the very back of the parking lot, uh, lit the ship on fire. Uh, I did have a bottle of water to, to put it out uh, relatively quickly. Uh, and then I, in, I included some instructions with, with a few envelopes that explained the story. I think I even snuck a, a Stuart Scott quote in there as well. uh uh, and then the next morning i woke up i took the boat to fedex and it still smelled like smoke soaking wet the associate came up to me she quickly ran to grab her manager wasn't really sure how to how to handle shipping a boat from raleigh north carolina to new york uh with it still smelling like smoke and dripping with water so uh eventually they agreed to send it for me so uh i sent that up to you and um yeah, that that got me an interview. Just an interview, though. Um, but
0: so I would say the following: I I think it. You know, I've interviewed thousands of people uh, for roles, and no one's ever sent me a vote. And it's not about a gift. It, wasn't about a gift. it was the it was the thought and effort that I realized went behind this and i think that's a message to anyone out there like dan wanted an opportunity and was trying to separate himself from everyone else and you know got pretty creative to uh open the door for himself and there's a lot of people who are looking for the door to be open for him and and dan opened the door himself and kudos to you. It's a story I'll never forget. And the boat is still on my desk today. So uh, really, really cool uh, thing you did there. And uh, I learned a lot about you and I learned a lot just in general um, about, you know, people's character and, you know, when they really want something really bad. So cool story.
1: Yeah. And and to, to finish that story, though, um I I was able to get the interview and I I think you interviewed me at ICSC in Las Vegas my bag got lost the night before I came in late was able to throw my suit on it and you were the third person at DLC who had interviewed me so it had been a long morning already and uh I went through the interview I thought I did okay I wasn't happy with a few of my responses and I remember leaving the interview and I called my girlfriend and now wife and telling her that I I feel like I just lost that interview and she said she said Daniel, you, you can't lose an either an, an interview. Either you did okay or you didn't. Um and I was like, no, I I've lost basketball games and negotiations. I, I feel like I just lost that interview. <laughs> and, and just uh I remember going back and like the rest of the show, I was replaying a lot of my answers, but uh, eventually I got an offer and you hired me and the rest is history. So
0: uh pretty cool. So you mentioned basketball. I think that's an interesting part of you as well so you know growing up i'm always interested about people's past and growing up and growing up basketball was a huge part of your life Uh, and you played basketball division one why don't you talk about that
1: yeah so i uh loved basketball at an early age played on uh chris paul's travel team he was based out of winston-salem i grew up in concord north carolina so I i had some exposure to that at a pretty young age which was incredible Won a state championship, um, and I was able to go uh, play Division One basketball at a, uh, a small mid major school out in Myrtle Beach called Coastal Carolina, and uh, yeah, I uh, it taught me a lot about life and hard work and you know being able to balance a lot of different things at once. So uh, I, it's been a great part of my life, and still love the sport today. March Madness is, is my favorite favorite time of the year. So yeah.
0: Well, I still think we have to do it. Still I know you're sure going to I know you what you're on going to say. I think on this, is the, this
1: is the fifth time you said this out loud. So uh, next time I, I come up to New York, I'm bringing. I, bring,
0: uh, I want you to bring, next time you come to New York, I want you to bring, we'll, we'll find a court. I want you to bring like, and not some indoor fancy... I want outdoor. I want the net ripped. I want the rim <laughs> really tough, and uh, I want I want the foul line faded, like we're, we're not really sure where the foul line is. And that's the type of court I want to play. I want like you know where it's fenced in, and the fence is is like you gotta like really like you know work it to open the gate.
1: Oh my gosh! I, see, I, I've lived this before, though. I, I played against wrestlers and football players, and I always remember my my high school coach telling me to avoid all this exact situation at all times while I was in season, because you never know whether you're going to come back alive. Uh, But okay, we can do that.
0: Uh, So the uh, next time you're in New York and I get cold. I haven't been cold since I was a little kid, no matter what the temperature is outside. So uh, unless there's snow on the ground, It doesn't matter what time of year we're playing so um let's uh let's make this happen we'll bring some dlc folks 11 win by two
1: deal that works for me okay i'll probably have uh sweatpants and a hoodie on but
0: yeah i'll probably do so i'll probably do like a thermal with a t-shirt over mesh shorts and Jordans.
1: Okay. I'll be up there in uh, December for ICSC. so. Okay. I feel like we should play that game after the show, just in case. Okay. After the one show. of us Hurts ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting hurt, I can
0: tell you that. You might get hurt,
1: but I'm I, hurt, I know honestly, I'm more worried about myself here. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: You ever You ever have you broken bones?
1: Uh yeah, uh, bunch of fingers, uh, dislocated a few as well. So, uh, um, but nothing That's serious. I, I, yeah, no, nothing, nothing serious.
0: Yeah the the only the only like major injury I had in athletics growing up was so my sophomore year was the year of high school like I started to like come into my own a bit and I was starting to get you know noticed and growing up, I was pretty solid youth wrestler. And so everybody knew me, but like freshman year, there were some of my peers throughout the state of Jersey who like really excelled on the state level. And I didn't as a freshman, From sophomore year, it was clear I was going to make an impact. And, you know, locally, I was pretty confident, you know, needed you Know at the state tournament, you know, needed didn't need um, it, but wanted my record to, to be strong for seeding purposes as the postseason came. Right? I didn't want to have like missed matches and things like that. So, like, you know, hurt, sick didn't matter. I, I was prepared to compete, and I rarely, you know, an injury, even in, in college, pulled me out of the match. I injury defaulted from one match in college where I time. You only have so much time before you the match is over like you, they, 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 you, know, like, you can't continue. Besides that, I won but that was pretty tough. So I had races. I used to get in a fight with my dad that like, I did not want to wear a mouthpiece. At the time it wasn't like a rule you had to. It's now a rule. Not because of me, but if you have a have races, you have to wear mouthpiece anyway. I used to wear mouthpiece, so I'm in, I'm wrestling, and like you know, just like no move or anything, just like a knee hit my mouth and I bit through my entire lip, so like my teeth came through my lip, right? And this was in the semifinals of the tournament, and so you know one of the city matches, so we went right to the ER. Um, and, you know, they were, like, recommending, hey, this is, like, the dude's face. <laughs> like, you know, we we need, like, a special plastic surgeon. And my dad's like, we're sewing him up right now. He's getting back. The finals are at 7 p.m. It's 3 o'clock. We're sewing him up right now. And he's getting back out there. I kind of felt the same, so didn't have some fancy plastic surgeon So me you up. Know, got back there, got, like, a gazillion stitches all on my face and it was like it was i want to say it was like 40 stitches 45 stitches all over oh wow and so now like they're like how are you gonna wrestle it just so happens like they have like this mask you can wear which is the worst thing ever it's like so hard to breathe it's this protective mask but by the time we got back from the hospital, they were done sewing me up. The tournament was over, so I didn't wrestle in the finals. Didn't count as a loss because I never stepped on the mat. The person won that tournament by, you know, uh, by you know, by forfeit, because um, that was the finals. But for the next three weeks, four weeks, I had to wear this mask every match, which was just you know, I looked like, you know from out of space because I wear <laughs> this mattress and I still have tapes from it. So anyway, we're way off topic here, but, uh, that's the story. So let's well, talk to the real estate, Dan. Let's do it. All right. So uh, I'll start here before we get into it. You have a story Samuel in Chicago. Pretty big center we know important to us uh called Ranhurst Village you got a story about a deal there but before we get to that deal let's what's what, let's talk about your you know we get all this online news media and I'm pretty public and I'm out there on you know video podcasts LinkedIn been a little soft on LinkedIn lately gotta get my game back up but at the end of the day you know I'm pretty out there people kind of know my views on the state of the market. Mm-hmm. what what are you seeing out there like from uh you know we hear what headline news is saying what's like happening on the ground at, at a realistic level what are you seeing out there from you know retailers and what's going on with Stan's take
1: yeah for sure and I think I have a bit of a unique perspective
0: uh just wow. given the
1: given the geographical territories okay. that I okay. cover right you know th- there's been a lot of talk about the southeast and the Sun sunbelt and, and seeing a lot of population growth but even where, you know kind of in the midwest section of of where i I operate in as well, um, it, I don't think the asset level fundamentals, not including any debt or capital markets related. I, I, I truly don't think they've ever been stronger in terms of you know occupancy levels, demand for space, renewal increases across the portfolio, and that that's applicable to the Midwest and in the southeast where where we own and operate real estate that I cover. Um, I don't think in, in any time in, in my career, uh, it's, it's been a, a short career, been in the industry for you know roughly 10 years, but uh, in comparison to, to others, but certainly I have never seen the type of demand and increased percentage that we've gotten over, um, you know, year, the prior year for some of the renewals that, that we've been able to execute. So I would, my, my two cents would be that the asset, it, on an individual basis,
0: uh, has truly been the strongest that I've seen him um, asset to asset. I agree. The the fundamentals, notwithstanding, you know, I think retail real estate already took its pain Mm -hmm. long over the last, you know, 15 years. There was a lot of pain that had come from retail real estate and that kind of got washed out. Maybe some other asset classes are feeling some pain that they never had before. Uh,
1: For sure. And, And I also think when you look at Right, like I, I think the number was during COVID. I looked at I had two hundred small businesses in, in my portfolio. They don't account for the, the you know the larger portion of revenue, but you need small businesses to do well and to lease a lot of the small shop space. So from a revenue percentage, it doesn't make up a, a lot of your center in in most cases, but uh, you need them, and and you you really get more of a feel for how the you know lower to middle to higher in, income. Um, uh, consumers are doing, and, and how businesses are doing, and we've seen that a lot of the small businesses are still growing. If they have one unit in Naples, they want a second in Fort Myers and a third in Tampa, and and that's you know that's applicable again to other markets that that I operate in. So,
0: yeah, actually, like I I just you know looked at some stats and did a recording. The small business formation is ahead of pre pandemic levels, and with the exception of 2020 into 21, it's as high as it's been ever, small business formation, and it's growing uh, keeping up. So that's pretty remarkable to me I, because a lot of people would tie small business, especially the SBA organization, to, to small business loans. and Given interest rates, you would think there'd be a slowdown but there hasn't been yet, which is pretty interesting on the small business front. Give everyone a, a feel like, okay, so all right, Dan, it's lollipops and rainbows out there. What 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 types of businesses are, you know, opening new units? What are you seeing that's successful out there and you know, you know, taking space in these properties across the country?
1: Yeah, and I, I also bucket the smaller franchisee groups into, you know, the small businesses of America. Cause a lot of times, a lot of times they'll have one to five locations or it's their first location. So we've certainly seen a lot of growth through franchise systems. Um, we've seen, you know, a lot of the, the uh, cat or fast, casual quick service. We've seen a lot of even the, what we would call Medtel, right? A lot of the medical spas, we've seen them start to franchise, um, and, and then we've also seen, um, uh, of course, the nail salons are always growing and expanding, but they now offer wine or beer, and and so we've really seen an increase in, in beauties and services. Um, salon suite concepts are also on the rise, as well as the fitness category has rebounded. I think they had, a, you know, kind of, hey, let's protect our assets and go in asset management mode during the pandemic, and they've certainly come come out swinging as, as they they have seen, uh, consumers want to get back into the gym. So, uh, it, it really has been applicable to a lot of these different categories.
0: What, what's speaking of you, what, what's the Dan's? You're, you're a workout machine. What's the, what's the, what's the routine looking like these days? What type of workouts are you doing?
1: Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm going to the YMCA in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, there's the, the YMCA it really dominates the, uh the fitness industry so uh i'm i'm an early riser and go get a, a a self-instructed workout in the morning and do some cardio after and then get back at it
0: so i didn't know you were going to the y these days so typically at the y's in america there's a lot of pickup basketball games happening you, you know some but i how much they're happening in the morning They're usually at night can can, can we find you Slamming some threes. That first off, can you dunk? It? Uh
1: Today, probably not. Have I dunked I'm in my lifetime? Yes.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely. Weak. All right. Let me ask you this: <laughs> Can I can I watch a Division one basketball game that Dan dunked in? You cannot.
1: I cannot. You, you cannot. <laughs> I might be the only Division one basketball player that started that ne- never dunked in a game, high school or college.
0: Did you ever dunk in high school?
1: Uh, in a game, now
0: we, we lost you there for a second. So here's the question: Yeah, did we ever? Did could you ever? Did you ever dunk in high school? Uh,
1: I did. I, I never dunked in high school.
0: All right. When did you? When did you first like be able to dunk? Like you know, in the street or in, in a you know a game? When like when did you? What age were you able to like? Like, I was a
1: ri- I was a rising junior and it was uh this it was in the summer workouts when I when I dunked first. Um and I dunked in some summer league games, um, but never in an actual high school basketball game.
0: And was that like a big thing, like being able to dunk? Like was that like was that was that at some was there a moment in time but there was a month, six months a year where like you were like going home and like, oh my god, I gotta figure out how to dunk. Uh, no
1: thing? doubt. It, I mean it, Especially with some of the athletes that I played with, um, uh, it was a, a monumental occasion for me when I when I finally was able to throw one down. Uh, that's for sure. Okay. That's for sure.
0: Were you the only one in your family who could dunk?
1: Uh, yes. My brother's a little bit taller than me, but um, he played quarterback in high school. Um, not much basketball. You okay. can shoot
0: though. But all right, back to it. So you're not in the pickup basketball game
1: for the Y? I, I am not, no. I played a few times when at, at the LA Fitness when I lived in Atlanta. Um, and I uh, I think I got hurt like both times. And I just decided that uh, I probably should hang it up for right now
0: <laughs> <at least. laughs> and, So uh, it,
1: yeah, uh, again, that's why we're playing after ICSE just
0: in case. Um, for sure. What would be the impact on your business if you could consistently get a lease out the same day an LOI is signed? More time to focus on the things that matter? More money allocated to essential business needs? These are the kinds of things that are made possible with LeasePilot. LeasePilot is the only specialized contract management software application built specifically with commercial property owners in mind. Our cloud based platform connects your drafting language and asset information to a powerful, data driven backend to help you prepare your leases faster with less room for error. With a team of lawyers and paralegals on staff, the setup process is designed to be painless and at a price point that is a no-brainer. Find us at leasepilot.co to learn more. Okay. So, so, you know, we talked about some of the uses that are hot, you know, food and beverage, health and beauty, Fitness, uh, medical. Let's talk about a use we haven't talked about, and bring me to Mount Prospect, Illinois, where you have a story about uh, golf factory.
1: Yeah. So uh, the center is located in Mount Prospect, Mount Prospect, Illinois. It's the northwest suburbs of Chicago Um, at Randhurst Village. it, It used to be called Randhurst Mall. One of, I think, one of the first. Enclosed malls ever built um, it was actually built by a famous architect called Victor Gruen, uh, who was a pioneer in designing shopping malls and then the project was de in 2010 I think 2012 um, and converted into an open air lifestyle power center. Um, DLC we've owned it, I believe, in, since 2017 started working the asset in 2021. Um, and much of it functions like a, a traditional power center on the perimeter. But there is this lifestyle component uh, that we call the boulevard um, that uh, notoriously we've struggled to lease some space in. Uh, and I remember I got a voicemail from a gentleman who said, he was a PGA tour pro and a golf course in Chicago. He's looking to create an entertainment concept.
0: Focused so, on- real quick, let's just back this up just to give everyone context. Yeah. The, the, the boulevard, that, that little lifestyle component. It's anchored by a hotel on one side and on the yep. other side is a theater. It's the intent was to be a pedestrian friendly, not uh, more so than a particular friendly atmosphere. Mm-hmm. There's a little like kind of like a little courtyard area and Historically, there's been some turnover in that, and you know, as you mentioned, the power centers always been like on fire, really strong. And in this, there's been some, you know, challenges up, and then some, you know, uh, some tenants that potentially have been, you know, not as successful as we or they have like, hoped.
1: Yeah, and and the AMC has definitely rebounded. Uh, obviously, it was it struggled during during COVID. If if we had Barbie two and and the Aeros tour playing every weekend. You know, we I'm sure we'd see much more traffic to the boulevard but uh, uh, given where some of those sales have declined uh, the restaurants that surrounded it struggled a little bit more in terms of you know date night a, a meal and, and a movie so we've uh, we've had to get creative and I think this uh, example is uh, uh, a good one in terms of how uh, landlords can find ways to lease space, to uses that might not need the type of visibility that a Chipotle would need, or that even some of the uh, anchored tenants that we do deals with uh, would like to see.
0: So, um, so you get this call from this guy, and yep. so what happens next?
1: Yeah. So he wants to create an entertainment concept focused on golf simulators and and food and bev. Uh, in his voicemail, he said that he struggled to get calls back from landlords. And so I I reached out immediately. I I had a good idea of of where we could do a deal uh, subject to what his square footage was. Um, And at at that time, right, the golf industry came roaring out of COVID. Um, And, you know, the entertainment sector kind of limped along a little bit, but in connection with what you were seeing, right, I think Tiger and Rory did um, pop shelf, obviously everyone knows top, top golf, but Tiger and Rory did, um, sorry, not pop, pop, pop stroke, um, was a use that they, that they had created. Um, and then you, you started to see, uh, some of these other swings, uh, full swing golf simulators, like five irons. You saw some of this stuff that's broke here recently where the golf entertainment category was on trend. And, uh, this was going to be his first location, right? So you always have to work through that and make sure you qualify the tenant. But, um, yeah, he uh, we were able to to negotiate an LOI. He was looking to add or to install ten Trackman simulators, um, and Trackman can allow kids to pick games to improve their to improve their short game or to help them get off the tee. You can play par three courses. You can play at St. Andrews, um, and and of course, all of the adults have options to join leagues. He offers beer, wine, and liquor, and he has a pretty good food um, menu as well. Um, he also installed a putting green in the middle of the space. But yeah, it, it did it did take us a while to get that LOI executed. Um, as we all know, um, we definitely support entrepreneurs, but we want to ensure that um, they're going to survive. And uh, we were bullish on the, the the concept and just needed to get comfortable with the operator. Uh, and we were able to do that. And um, he he opened. Uh, 30 days ago, um, he said that that the community he, he couldn't have imagined the community supporting him more than they have uh, His leagues are full.
0: Uh, sit, gotta, sit, sit, say that again. He couldn't have imagined you cut out. He,
1: he couldn't have imagined the community supporting him the way that they have. So his his after school program leagues have taken off. He's got an adult league that's rocking and rolling. Uh, he has you know people coming in on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to play 18 and and drink some beer and and have a glass of wine and eat some food especially in Chicago right when uh it, the winter starts to 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 turn on you and it becomes pretty brutal outside it's not like here in Charlotte where you can still go get 18 holes in in December uh so he's seen a lot of those leagues book up um and uh yeah he's he he's very successful with his build out and I actually spoke to him the other day and uh, he he said he's he's rocking, and we couldn't have right. been more excited for him. All right, so he opened
0: 30 days ago, and the so how big is this space that he took?
1: Nine thousand square feet.
0: Wow, big space. So when that. Deal got presented to me. Was I like, we're not doing this, Dan? Or was I was I all
1: right with this? What, how it go? I think you you might have just got off uh, from playing eighteen holes, so you were you 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 might have been a little <laughs> bit more agreeable <laughs> than, than normal with with nine thousand square feet for a first time operator. Uh, oh, okay. Spending, spending some TI and 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 making sure the HVAC was in GWO. But no, I think uh, he did a great job so, of putting together a business
0: plan as well, which is what. So he so he opened 30 days ago. Just to give everyone context, like he opened 30 days ago. When was the lease signed? When did we sign lease this guy?
1: Uh, lease was signed in middle to late of 2022.
0: All right. So it took this guy a year to open from lease signing. So what, what, what took so long to the average listener out there? That feels like a long time. And, you know. Yeah, as as a landlord, you you want to get rent shortly after signing lease. What what takes so long? Give us some context. Give the listeners some context.
1: Yeah, definitely permitting. um, You know, you can you can anywhere from thirty to one hundred twenty days. Mount Prospect is great to work with. Uh, They've been a good partner of ours in terms of making sure that they do some marketing for the new businesses that have opened. But definitely permitting. Uh, And then, of course, submitting those plans for the permitting. He had some delays in in some of his simulators, as you can imagine, that category being so hot that uh, and people are also putting them in their houses. And it's just been um, they've they've had to keep up with some of the supply chain issues that a lot of uh, uh, people have faced throughout all of this. And so that was also a little bit of a delay. He didn't build out a full restaurant. So um, it it wasn't really the uh, build out. It was more so the. The time it took from plans to permits to getting his simulators
0: yeah so we, we so you're talking to the guy you're, you're meeting the guy you buy into the concept you present it to dlc's committee uh you get me on board with it and then we end up going to lease with him so we sign a lease and then after after we get the the lease signed then he has to draw plans which that could take some time plans, he has to, we have to approve those plans, then he has to go and get those plans approved by the municipality to get a building permit, then actually do the construction all the while ordering his simulators and whatnot, potential supply chain issues. And so unfortunately, it could take like a year for someone in a business like this to get open uh, after a a lease signing, which is, you know, very different than like residential When you sign the lease, you can move it in two weeks. not the same here. So for sure. Uh, so 9,000 square feet. Um, so in the business plan, did he have like, what? where were his, I remember, where were his revenue projections?
1: Yeah, I think they were close to like a million, million two in the first year. And, and then they started to creep up to 1.5 to two um, as time went on. A, a lot of that revenue was, uh, yeah, it's he's got separate buckets, right? He's got his leagues. He's got his after school program. He's also he also uh, gives lessons. Being a pro, he gives lessons as well. So during the winter wintertime, um, he, he provides that option, too. So um, he had a lot of different ways and sources to, to build revenue. And, and so that's really how I was able to to get comfortable with it. And um, yeah, it was a unique business plan. And I think this is the first one we've done in our portfolio but uh, uh, being on the boulevard and and you know, just kind of blending a lot of the benefits for both
0: parties, it ended up being a good deal. So he opened 30 years ago. And we're in October 2023. We we own this since mid teens. I actually think it was prior to 2017, but I don't know the exact date. How long was the space vacant?
1: At least for four years. It was a, um, like a furniture design or a home design, um, studio for homeowners to kind of come in and get the whole suite of services to design your house.
0: It was what longer than that. It was longer than that because it's been vacant since we owned it. Yeah. Uh, so then we bought
1: 20. So, and you think we were 2015, 2016, i I'd have so to
0: look at how long we've owned it. But,
1: yeah. Eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep,
0: so, sure. uh, well, that's amazing. I'm actually going to Chicago in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to get there and I'm going to swing some clubs in this guy's space uh, for sure.
1: Yeah, I uh, definitely let him know. Brian Hillcoe his name. He's, he's done a great job, and he would love to have you. I, I am going to do the same here when I travel in the next
0: week or and, two. Well. And you said he's 30 days in, he's ahead of his plan?
1: So far, Yes. Amazing. And we're only we're only 30 days in, but uh, he has been um, been pretty pumped. And I, I guess like the NBC local golf show is coming out to do a special on um, his uh, local. To show. That's so to.
0: That's great, marketing. Good for him. Smart. Yeah. Very yeah. smart. Yeah. So let's let's talk about what, like, leasing people always, you know, tell senior management in organizations, which is you know, leasing begets leasing, and so do we. Do we think now that this gentleman's open in a place that's been his spot of a, a great center that's been tougher to lease? Next to, he's right next to the hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's getting like some people staying over at night on a business trip, not looking for something to do. They might go in there. I think that's going to help actually. I think he's going to get some of that crowd. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's after dark tonight, but I think he is going to get some of that hotel business crowd. But do you think that this will help other leasing in this part of the center that's been, you know, challenging the lease? I think it will. Um, we do have an
1: LOI for a coffee concept that, that we've been targeting, that, that category we've been targeting for a while. So uh, I, I did get that the other day. And, and I do think that when you have more cars and more traffic being driven, when uh future business owners or entrepreneurs who want to lease space on the boulevard see the activity and just the cars in, in the parking spots i think we will um that's still to be determined but uh we do have one loi that's working now and, and we gotta we gotta actually
0: next day we got another lease actually too because we had a, a retailer in the center who's doing, an entrepreneur who's doing so well he wanted to open up a different concept over by this golf simulator so i uh, i think Leasing begets
1: leasing. So yeah, no, no support. doubt, no doubt. And, and you know, I I do think that um, it'll also be the Boulevard will also be a, the product of of you know the the totality of all the leasing that we've been able to accomplish even before him. Right, I think we've leased like twenty thousand square feet uh, on the Boulevard before we signed that lease. He's just in in kind of a, a further south section of that Boulevard. Um, so it'll it'll we're excited. We're definitely excited.
0: Excellent. All right, Dan. You made it. I, I made, made it. Thank you for telling all the stories you told from the, the boat to your days of trying to dunk to uh, your uh, your deal with the golf factory. Uh, I'm going to take you to the last part of the show called Retail Wisdom. I got three questions for you. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Question one What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead?
1: Um, probably Sports Authority. I I grew up going to Sports Authority with my my dad in Florida um, when we lived there. And I just have a lot of great memories of us going shopping together and trying out equipment and and all that. The first thing that came to mind was Blockbuster, but uh, uh, I'm going with Sports Authority.
0: I like Sports Authority because Blockbuster is far and away the most answered Answer, the, the most popular answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, I'll be they were a Mercury retailer, but they still are the most popular. So I like a little uniqueness. Yeah. Uh Question two. What's the last item over twenty dollars you bought in a store?
1: Um. Bought some athleisure wear from Dick's last weekend. Getting ready for the winter.
0: You live in Charlotte. What what what, what do you eat? what do you need, Danica?
1: Look, man, my uh, my blood's thin, so uh, I-, I needed a couple new Nike hoodies and sweatpants, and uh, uh, so uh, uh, I-, I bought
0: some, yeah. Uh, last question. If you and I were shopping at Target and I lost you, what I would I find you? In-
1: um, seems every time I'm going to Target, I am shopping for my nieces and nephews, so probably the kids section. Me and my wife end up there quite often, um, doing some last minute, uh, birthday and Christmas shopping. So
0: Speaking of kids, somebody I know is expecting.
1: Yep. I got a, uh, baby girl on the way, um, due here in February. So getting ready for, uh, for fatherhood. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, so as you mentioned, uh, we have a seven 30 standing call, you know, every two weeks. We, you know, we've worked closely together on a lot of things. We've had a lot of calls outside of that. Day. Um, I'll ask, uh, you know, t- to give the listeners a little bit more, what's a, what's something you can tell the listeners about me that they might not know? Oh man. One of my favorite questions.
1: Um I feel like they might not know. Everyone's aware you're a wrestler. Um I, I I guess on topic, have you told the world how uh how much golf you've been playing lately? Have you talked I, about that much on your show? I, I don't think you have.
0: I I, I have you know for everybody. So my whole family golfs, all my friends golf, everyone in business golfs. I was like the only person in the world that didn't golf. And it was a it was a COVID pickup. And I decided like, all right, this is the time, this is the moment. I gotta start trying this. And I definitely got the golf bug. Um I'm hooked. Yeah. I I'm in the world where like I need to bring my handicap down and you know, <laughs> I uh Same. I I um I'm into golf for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, the other one that uh, people might not know is, is I'm not sure if you sleep,
0: uh, how uh, many hours,
1: Chris, how many hours do you uh, sleep? Do you get a night? Cause I've, uh, I've, I've emailed you at 10 a night and then gotten an email at three and just was confused at, at what time did you actually go to sleep? So,
0: <laughs> so <laughs> tell I the world how many
1: hours you average a night.
0: I think it's, I, I would say it's, it's inconsistent. I would say the following is that, you know, I'm still in this place where like, you know, I'm a, I'm trying to be the best father husband I can be and I'm grinding. And I would say that, you know, you've had, I, there's only 24 hours a day and there's probably ways for me to be more efficient. Sometimes you got to grind when it's. It's not fun to grind. So uh, it is, I would say that one of the things that's happened recently uh, is I am, I can get to bed earlier and have a pretty deep sleep, but waking up pretty early. Waking gotcha. up like like I could, if I could here's the problem the the rise time is is no different no matter what time you go to bed so like I could bed at 10 and like wake up 3 34 and like I can't there's no going back <laughs> yeah that that's happening a lot lately
1: uh I'm except, trying, except except for on Sundays and Mondays when you got one of your 20 fantasy football leagues rocking and Not rolling a,
0: huh a bunch yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, A bunch. so that's another yeah for sure uh, well listen gotcha anyway thanks for uh doing this great stories really appreciate the time uh and uh i need to right uh ahead. i you know i have a uh a pretty good garage as everyone knows. Most people don't know is I live walking distance to some decent courts. It's probably not a good training facility for the type of courts I am play on, but <laughs> uh, I'm going to go shoot some hoops. Get ready.
1: Yeah, same for me. That's <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah. uh, we're we're going to make that happen. So, on that note, Dan, it's been great. Thanks for doing this.
1: Yep, thanks for having
0: me, Chris. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives, so it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.